Welcome to the Matters Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to season two of the Midas Touches. Exciting, exciting, exciting. Are you excited? Exciting is the word. I'm hugely excited, mate. Um, new season of the Midas Touches and what a year we've got in store. I can't wait. Um, it feels like it's been a long time as well since, uh, since we last recorded. It was only two weeks. We packed a lot in. But um, yeah, huge excited for this this new season to kick off. What sort of events have we got lined up this racing calendar? Well, the one that the one that sort of uh, comes to mind immediately has got to be our our plans to do a in person Cheltenham panel IRL. I IRL. I think that's that's huge exciting. We need to set that in motion, but but we've already got things going on with that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to be getting to race courses more. We're going to be doing some more in-person content, more just content generally. Um, yeah, we're big, big push this year. Um, just keep it going, keep the momentum going. And in terms of the racing itself, things to look forward to in the in the calendar. Some new new events. No, there aren't any events. It's the same calendar every year, <laughs> but it's still seriously exciting. <laughs> We've got Royal Ascot in June. We've got Cheltenham in March. I mean, it's all the same stuff, but it is really good. And hopefully for the new listeners to to the sport amongst you, you know, you're going to be getting a little taste of something, something new, something real. Newmarket is uh, my favorite race course, and I can't wait till we're back uh, for the 1,000 and 2,000 guineas in May. Uh, oh God, it's good. I can, I can practically, uh, I can hardly breathe. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, let's um, let let's talk first a little bit about uh, what we've been up to in our holiday. You have had a couple of weeks off. How have you filled it? Uh, yeah, I've filled it with spending time with friends and family. Actually, um, I I was back home last weekend. Had a have a lovely had had a lovely party uh, back home. Uh, we also went to the rugby together to England Argentina with. Um, Friend of the podcast, Tom Curry. Uh, he was well, he was playing. We didn't go with him, but we, we saw him afterwards. Uh, and yeah, on on the less exciting news, I did see Arsenal beat my team Nottingham Forest five 0 which was kind did that of happen? Bad. Yeah, did it really happen? Well, yeah, Who knows? it did. Cause Sixty thousand people watched it, including me. <laughs> well, six thousand people in the stadium. But anyway, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it was good and feeling refreshed feeling ready to go how many man uh, how many nottingham fans were at the game uh like what 2000 what's the capacity of emirates 60k so there were 58000 then two 2000 with the head in their hands <laughs> 58000 watching it the other 2000 just uh, crying yeah i guess so yeah probably possibly a bit more actually um it's good to, that's not you saying that uh, <laughs> rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, but it's been a good it's been a good two weeks. In terms of the racing, we've also had a really good two weeks. We had the Breeders' Cup uh, over the weekend, which was really, really successful for Aidan O'Brien. His horses winning left, right and centre. Obviously, uh, Meditate was yeah. hugely impressive. One that we've uh, enjoyed watching all season. Clearly, uh, that victory against Morge was, was something that we... 
at Royal Ascot was something that we followed quite closely. And uh, then Morge going in at Newmarket during the July Festival was a particular highlight for me. Mm. Um, any highlights from the Breeders' Cup on your side? Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, well, obviously, firstly, the dominance of the of the English trainers uh, or the, the British and Irish trainers, rather. Uh, you mentioned Aidan there. Charlie Appleby also had a great uh, Breeders' Cup. He had three winners as well. Um, Rebels Romance was one. Uh, we actually t- tipped Mischief Magic at Goodwood, who then went on to win uh, a, gr- a grade one in America. Uh, and then the last one, I think, escapes me. I don't know if you can remember. I do. Oh, Modern Games, who won back-to-back Breeders' Cups. Um, the Juvenile Turf the year before, and then this year, the... I don't know which one. Yeah, it was um, it was uh it was more domination for the the boys in blue. Yeah. yeah. It seems that these horses just keep on winning mm. and their bloodline particularly just seems to be getting stronger and stronger and they're buying the right horses. Yeah. Uh Dubawi stud fee now 350 grand. Jeez. I mean I went to um Moulton paddocks back in what 2021 and he is old now <laughs> <laughs> like jeez christ but he's still got it though i mean yeah i mean he, he packs, packs, a, much, packs a punch yeah. but i guess you know they're trying to i guess maybe they do get better with age um or they're just well, realizing they only have a few maybe hopefully yeah. one or two years left i don't know um, but it, clearly a, a stalwart for Godolphin. Yeah. And they're really, you know, seeing the returns of it now, which is very exciting. And Charlie Appleby's an amazing trainer and he's really uh, taken that international stage in his stride. Yeah. Um, another person taking the international stri- stage in their stride is Matt Hancock, <laughs> who lines up in I'm a Celebrity this year. Have you watched any of it yet? Uh, not got around. To, I think we're going to watch it together, hopefully. Um, but haven't got around to it. I, th- I saw something about him getting poured, uh, had bugs poured on him, uh, which There's, I can imagine is the, really funny. There, there is also <laughs> the funniest clip of uh, Matt Hancock talking about Ed Sheeran, uh, which we'll play for you now. It's it's sort of Alan Partridge without without intending to be. Uh, listen to this. Quite a mix, really. Quite me- but, and quite mainstream. Like but I haven't got, I'm not going to, you know, put a tattoo but, of Ed Sheeran on my neck. Ed, I? You like Ed Sheeran? I love him, yeah. I love Ed Sheeran. And I'm from Suffolk as well. <laughs> okay, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, um... I mean, Jesus Christ, it is hilarious. It's, Mate, the... it's like, <laughs> he's actually the perfect person to get on there because... Mm. He's like so like squeamish as a character anyway, I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's very like sort of... And, and he doesn't really shoulders. think about his, the consequences of his actions. Yeah. He actually was quoted as saying um, one of the reasons for him going on was he wanted people to know what he was like behind closed doors. <laughs> I mean, we already know what he's like yeah. behind closed doors. <laughs> actually, quite handsy. Yeah, very handsy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah he'll, he'll provide some good entertainment for anyone who wants to watch uh i'm a celebrity but yeah. um also the uh <laughs> what i was gonna say is like it was completely in his right or he, he was right to say i'm from suffolk like it made sense ed sheeran's also from suffolk but the guy he was with had no idea what the link was <laughs> oh lovely <laughs> <laughs> i love ed sheeran i'm also from suffolk <laughs> things is like completely separate yeah. point um so, ed sheeran great ipswich fan as well alongside dylan um 
Yes. And, uh, you know, talking of legends, Matt Hancock, flight line, obviously, <laughs> fight line, flight line. <laughs> Mate, we're really like segueing from some weird thing to weird thing. <laughs> Uh, but yes, Charlie Appleby to Matt Hancock to Flightline makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Flightline was superb once again. Unbelievable. Uh, and now, presumably, the most valuable horse in the whole world. Uh, I think it was someone bought a 2.5% share mm. for $4.6 million, which values the horse at around $185 million, I think, um, which is absolutely mental. No, honestly, absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, Flightline's obviously been retired now, off to stud. Um, it's a shame that because I don't think he can prove himself as the greatest of all time. As a result, I think he possibly could have been, but like you know, he's he's not gonna be. He's raced what like five times. Never raced a two year old. Yeah, he he's not he's not gonna be the greatest of all time. Um, I think that ties probably up for slight debate. Like. I never really knew a lot about Secretariat as a horse. No. Uh, I have to admit. But like having read a bit about him, uh, he sounded like an absolute monster. He won he won he won the Belmont by like thirty lengths. <laughs> and it's genuinely unbelievable. Um and, and also he did it on dirt and turf as well. You can't forget Flatline's only ever done it on dirt, which is a very American specific thing. He's only raced at a, a few courses um secretary went to canada stuff like that you know like he he, he did it all um and then you got a horse like frankl as well who is yeah. amazing champion two-year-olds but secretary was also champion two-year-old like you know i, I don't think flight lines grace of all time but wow that that performance was hugely impressive yeah it it really was i think you know when we talk about greatest of all time you know i think mum's tipple <laughs> <laughs> um it is funny though because mum's tipple was uh approached to be bought not the horse but the owners uh for <laughs> i think like three and a half million coolmore came after the debut when it won uh you know a, a york handicap by 11 lengths yeah second start yeah. or something four million was the offer on the table and i don't think it's won since <laughs> also just to clarify the owners were approached to buy the horse rather the, the horse itself hello <laughs> No, I'd like to buy or, you, or <laughs> or they were or they were approaching the owners to buy them. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to they wanted to buy the owners. <laughs> the horse wanted to buy the owners. Um, hence why he's so unsuccessful. He's got so many thoughts in his head. <laughs> anyway, let's stop being silly and move on to uh, talking more about the racing this weekend. We are back at Cheltenham for the Paddy Power Gold Cup which uh, as far as i remember you were quite successful in yeah. last year when midnight shadow started a run of two mile four handicap chase uh winning tips mm. uh, probably one of the greatest streaks of all time yeah that's where it all started uh i actually really it's so funny do, like doing the research uh this week for these this card this weekend's card um really reminded me and made me very nostalgic of when we first did it uh probably for only our what second third podcast yeah third podcast i think um and i had just so many memories come back of like doing it last time around and all, like almost how stuff has progressed and how i look at things differently um and also um but well, one thing that remained the same was like i did this list you know look through all the card uh the, the card and we've got mostly jumps races in there right yeah and then one flat race to look at 
and the jumps races are like you know one two lines on each horse and the flat ones like sort of proper long text <laughs> about about like a, a listed race at lingfield on the all weather <laughs> so yeah i think my allegiances still do lie with with the flat but really excited to have the jumps back properly. yeah it is it is exciting let's dig in with the first race on saturday the the twelve thirty five, which is a trial for the the triumph hurdle at cheltenham in march uh at the moment Blue King Doro for Paul Nichols heads the market 11 to 4. Scriptwriter for Milton Harris 9 to 2. War correspondent 5 to 1. Madaf 7s, Mr. Freedom 8s, alongside Perseus Way and Tudnam Green. Uh, just another one is 22 to 1. And they're 28 to 1 bar, bar those. Uh, interesting having the old Nichols Harris ding dong at the top, given that Nichols actually had Magistrato the favourite in this last year for the same connections yeah, yeah. who was beaten by the Harris horse on that day. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's between these two or is there another contender further down the market? Uh, well, well, in my mind, I think it, it probably is, yeah. Um, obviously, Paul Nichols, Paul Nichols has come out great guns this year. Uh, he's striking at about 46%, uh, which is crazy early season. So this one's got to be feared coming over from France. Um I thought Scriptwriter was massively interesting. Um, it was like a relatively good performer for Aidan O'Brien on, on the flat. Um, has fallen behind Caribus, <laughs> the, the 2000 Guineas winner, and uh, Pisbadil as well, uh, who finished second, I think, in the Irish Derby, perhaps. Um, so that's some really, really good flat form. He's obviously gone and won... Um, his uh debut over over hurdles and yeah as you say milton harris won this last year with a horse called knight salute um who turned out to be a pretty good horse he's run since this year and slightly disappointed but you know it was a very good horse in his own right in these sort of early season juvenile hurdle races um so yeah scriptwriter looks really really interesting to me uh though if I'm completely honest, I probably wouldn't be having a, a bet in a race like this early season. You know, there's still a lot to be found out about these horses. So, yeah, I, I'd probably leave it, though, have a, have an interest in, in how scriptwriter goes. Nice. Uh, I think for me, I quite like the chances of Mr. Freedom in here. I watched back that, that race where Mr. Freedom, Madaf and Tudnam Green were running against each other. And I thought Mr. Freedom should be quite a lot shorter than than the other two actually traveled really strongly into the kind of last three furlongs and then jinked left uh, i don't know how mark goldstein is uh okay to to ride i mean it, he must have been battered and bruised after that and it's only two weeks later but the horse uh, seemingly unscathed ran on after the jockey and finished really strongly <laughs> uh, and actually did finish in front but obviously had no jockey on top so he didn't win the race but yeah mr freedom i think it's one of those classic cases of of trainer being slightly unknown yeah. jockey being slightly unknown and therefore the horse being uh, you know under bet and i think we could get a bigger price on the day just because of that cheltenham usually they the punters go for the nickels and the skeletons and the gary moores and the allen kings so sheena west i think with mr freedom could have a really good chance of um not revenge but sort of uh justice yeah know? like doing right i don't know i'm missing the word the word escapes me but yeah mark goldstein is going to be desperate to get the redemption win. redemption exactly that's the one <laughs> I'm sure lots of people listening were like going, it's redemption. Shouting redemption, out, yeah, shouting at the TV. It's fine. Thank you for your help. I felt it. 
Uh, so yeah, for me, it's Mr. Freedom in the 12.35. Nice. We'll quickly move on to the 145 at Cheltenham, which is a really interesting race with Mon Morale uh, making his return for Ferguson, Nichols and co. Uh, Tommy's Oscar second favourite at threes, Bambridge and Irish Raider for Joseph Patrick O'Brien, seven to two. Pentland Hills, sixes, Glory and Fortune, twelves, a sole pretender, twenties, and Fuzain, who I think I tipped at one point last year, is 125 to one. <laughs> um, it's usually what happens to your tips. Yes. Yeah. Well, they do win at 125 to one sometimes. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, Mon Morale, five to four, drifted out to nine to four. What do you think? Is the reason for that? Not a clue, actually, uh, which isn't a very helpful answer. But I was really surprised that a Nichols horse was drifting like that in the market. Um, I th- think he has very strong credentials. Um, he's probably the sort of the classy horse in this race. Um, yeah, I, I don't really understand that. Though equally, I don't think even at nine to four, I'm not sure I, I'd, I'd have him. Um, I actually liked... Um, I really I like Bambridge here. Uh, I thought that that reappearance run was impressive. He won really well. Uh, I mean, it was relatively straightforward. He led the whole way and, and sort of just bullied them into submission. But um, yeah, he 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 can he can probably go well again here. Uh, he is a winner at the course. He won at, at the festival last year, um, and it's interesting to see Joseph bringing him over over this way. There's racing at, at Nace and Navin to, uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm sure he could have gone somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I think this is interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd be in agreement with you as well. Interesting to look at the previous results from the last 10 years and see that a nine-year-old has only won once. No horse, uh, six and five-year-olds essentially have, have dominated in nine of the 10 previous runnings. So I think that that sets it up mm. on that evidence yeah. as, a, as a kind of match between Montmoral and, and Bambridge, the two young pretenders. And on the evidence of, you know, fitness, mm. course mm. form, Bambridge for me as well. Yeah, that's very interesting as well, that fact you just mentioned. I hadn't, hadn't known that, but yeah, if that is the case, then that precludes basically the rest of the field. So yeah, um, it's it's between those two. Uh, but yeah let, let's see how it goes but Bambridge looks nice awesome so hopefully two out of two as we move into the big one the Paddy Power Gold Cup at 2.20 and currently heading the market is French Dynamite for Mouse Morris 9-2 Garlaw Jamie Snowden 13-2 Stolen Silver's 7s for Sam Thomas who was uh, involved in that helicopter accident thankfully unharmed uh, a couple of weeks ago Galahad Quest for Jane Williams 11s Midnight River for the Skeletons 12s Happy Go Lucky 14s Cool Cody the champion of yesteryear is at 16 to 1 alongside Mr. Fisher Umbregado 16s as well and then Nasalam a grade 1 winner at 20s uh, and they are 25 to 1 bar those so Take it away, the two mile four handicap specialist, Charlie Bradbury. God, this is really scary already because, yeah, I've been obviously hyped up for this. So, gotta gotta deliver the goods on 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 the first episode of of season two. Um, 
Okay, so I thought that Cool Cody uh, obviously has to be feared around Cheltenham uh, uh, over the two mile four distance. Um, we know that he, though not being the most consistent horse, um, can really pull it out of the bag on his day uh, and and um, pull out some some great performances from the front, just hammering them with some really consistent jumping. Uh, the thing I would worry about Cool Cody is, is he's, a, he's on a career high mark at the moment um, and I don't think there's necessarily anything to suggest that he's going to overcome that here but yeah, I, I as I say, I'm, you know, here to be proven wrong um, the one I do like though for this one is Galahad Quest who is another one who sort of comes in and around these races uh, often uh he is two pounds off his last winning mark now um he comes in here at the, as the bottom weight actually um off a mark of 131 he last won off a mark of 129 um and he's been running all you know decent r races in defeat um his reappearance run last time out was on good to firm ground which definitely won't have been ideal for him i doubt um but he still ran a really good race in second uh, in behind uh, a horse called Flicku uh, Voyeur, uh, who is now rated four pounds higher than that. Uh, and in behind was uh, another couple of good horses. So, yeah, I think that reappearance run was, was good. So he'll have a bit of fitness on his side. Uh, and he's a previous winner at Cheltenham as well. So, yeah, a few few boxes tick for, for Galahad's quest. And I think you can get about, what, 11, 12 to 1 at the moment. So... Yeah, he, he he looks a nice price and yeah, Galahad Quest for me in the first two mile four handicap of the season. Love it. Well, of our season. Come on, the Galahad Quest. Uh, it's it's an interesting race. To be honest, I don't really want to add any more. I think it's quite interesting seeing Nasalam come in at uh, 20s, having been favourite on, on reappearance at Ascot. The comment seems to be always uh, jumping left with this one. So potentially going to go better around Cheltenham being a left-handed track. Uh, difficult to say. Young horses haven't had a great record in this race in recent years. We know the likes of Happy Go Lucky are also very consistent when it comes to Cheltenham. So it's going to be a cracker either way. Let's hope that Galahad Quest can get your season off to a flyer. Uh, fly over to Ireland, we will. The 205 at Nace, an interesting horse returns. Yes, we've got a gentle gin. <laughs> gentle gin. I'll have a gentle gin and tonic, please. Sorry about that. We've got a gentleman to me uh, returning here uh, at Nace in this. Uh, it's a grade three, isn't it? Over two miles. Um, now, yeah, gentleman to me is definitely of interest, given that he, uh, along with Fernie Hollow, who... Uh, likely turn up on the Sunday at Navan. Um, they look to challenge Shishkin and Energomen for that sort of two-mile chasing title. Um, so yeah, very interesting to see him come back. He finished last season behind uh, or beating rather the Arkle winner Edwardston at Great horse. Um, at Aintree. Best jumper around Edwardston. Yeah, exactly. So slick. So what does that say about Jonathan Demay? Man, well, why can't I say his name? Clearly got a clearly got an engine and also trained by Willie Mullins, which usually uh, means that they have a good chance yeah. wherever they turn up. Absolutely. Well, Mullins had this one and uh, and Fernie Hollow to choose from either of these two races over the weekend and put put this one in that and then 
Fernie Hollow in the other. So yeah, it should be a formality for both, I'd imagine, but uh, definitely be interesting to see them back. It will indeed. It will indeed. Uh, let's take the ferry this time back across the Irish Sea. Yeah, more uh, environmentally friendly. Uh, more environmentally friendly. And then let's nip on the train from somewhere on the coast in Wales, get into Cardiff, I should know this. quick change over to Bristol, <laughs> and then on the, the train into Paddington. <laughs> we'll change, uh, oh, go on the circle line to... Uh, Baker Street, then on the Bakerloo down to. <laughs> uh, we want to get to Waterloo, and then we'll get a train to Lingfield somehow, uh, where the <laughs> Bet UK Churchill Stakes is happening. A listed race over one mile and two furlongs. The market currently headed by a favourite horse of ours, Missed the Cut by George Bowie. That has been smashed already, which is always a good sign for these Bowie ones. I know that there's a couple of ha- happy punters that love to get behind Mr. Cut, uh, including myself. <laughs> Bolshoi Ballet, Aidan O'Brien, 7-2. to two. Herovian 6s, Algiers 9s, alongside Forrest of Dean, who's run in this race before. Majestic Dawn, who was a lovely winner for us uh, earlier on in the summer. 12s, 14s for Millibosk. Uh, Vani is interesting at 20s and Al Zurkan uh, 25s bar those uh, we'll, we'll just leave them there for now The Flat Lingfield Bowie missed the cut potential group one horse is, is what I've heard yeah you've heard whispers haven't you uh, very interesting that haven't been seen since that run out in France where after that huge Royal Ascot performance he possibly slightly disappointed i don't know if that's that's fair to say um he's coming back here with, with something to prove uh and has got some good opposition in uh not only bolshoi ballet who is a is a grade one winner but um so a couple of really consistent performers on the all-weather um my take on it is i'm gonna go for one of the all-weather horses uh this is tends to be in recent times anyway how this race plays out it's like the sort of the good turf horses go up against some sort of all weather specialists so to say but like i i think uh yeah i think i'm gonna side with the with the all weather specialists and the one that shouts out to me is is forest of dean um i tipped to buy warrior in this last year some people remember uh I tipped him about 22 to 1 and he got punted into nearly 7 to 1 before the off because he was just completely the wrong price. And though Forrester Dean is a bit shorter, the money's already started to come for him slightly. And uh, I don't think he's the right price either, given he's a very consistent all-weather horse, much like Dubai Warrior was. Um, He's got his sort of form blotted slightly by a couple of under-par performances on, on the turf. But uh, at Lingfield, he, he really doesn't put uh, too much of a foot wrong. He sort of will finish uh, very regularly in the top three. He's raced there four times and has only once um, come outside the top three. Uh, so, yeah, he's definitely a, a decent and, and sort of consistent performer. Uh, he's also, I mean, he's a, he's a group three winner over the course and distance, uh, which is definitely something to note. Um, he goes well fresh, which he'll, he'll need to do here. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting as well that Will Buick rising for the first time. I mean, I know he's trained by John and Thady Gosden, but um, he is a good orphan horse and interesting to see that Buick's booked for the first time. Uh, he's obviously been globe trotting and 
Australia and America and been doing very well out of that. So um be interesting to see that. Um yeah, I like Forrester Dean. Uh though I I should admit to our listeners that uh if they don't remember Dubai warrior didn't win this so you know i could be getting it wrong again but he did win next time out and we tipped him then so yeah there's a bit of justice there yeah hopefully uh you know he'll he'll come out and win this race and not the next race and if he doesn't win this you'll just have to tip in the next one yeah um i think i you know missed the car love that horse always gonna love that horse after after that win at ascot um but there's one which is really really interesting maybe not for betting purposes unless you can get you know probably bigger than 33s i'd say i'm probably gonna set a buy order at 33s and get risk on um and that is ivania who comes in here off the back of a win that win was off the back of a a 21 month layoff and that was off the back of what and that was off the back of two years of chilling out before uh, her first run now this one used to be trained by john gosden and was really impressive on debut when winning over course and distance that day ridden by nikki Mackay. 12th of september 2022 kempton was the venue one mile for the distance and ivania won the jockey uh benoit de la Seya was so confident going into the the final furlong literally didn't touch the horse and won hands and heels so i think ivani is a lot better than the 85 mark suggests a lot of the horses that she's running against are flat horses on the turf and you know given that she's only been run on the all weather so far you would presume that that's her strongest surface kevin philip defoy hasn't had winners of late but I just think this one's so interesting. I want to chuck her into the ring. I Yeah, I agree with that. I think she is very interesting, actually. Um, and you make a good case for her. I think, um, I mean, yeah, she's unbeaten. She likes the surface. Yeah, a bit, a bit to like about her. I'm not sure she might be up for this grade, but, you know, they're chucking into a listed race and there must be some some method to the madness. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think if we can get, I mean, yeah, look, something could come out and run really well, but... Most of these horses are running after a bit of a, a layoff. So I think they're not going to be running to their career best. They're also, most of them, not running on their best surface. So I don't think Ivania needs to run that much. She needs to put up a career best, obviously, but I don't think it has to be that good to win. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. It's clearly, t- you know, take a big price if you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating race. Some really, really good horses. Group group one winners, potential group one uh, horses. So yeah, it's it's fascinating and uh, kind of a great way to 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 close this the first episode of of season two. It's going to be an epic weekend. Uh, England play Japan in the rugby. You're going to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and be there. Tom making his it's like 43rd cap or something for Tom is going to be there. Uh he's he's coming as well. <laughs> um but yeah, we were yeah, whatever. Um it's going to be a great game. I think that and a great weekend. What are you most excited about? What about the rugby specifically or the weekend? No, the the weekend. Uh well, just the fact that it's the weekend. I've had a long week, so uh 
it'll be nice to have a bit of downtime, bit of a chill. Uh, rugby will definitely be a highlight. Uh, Forest need a win against Crystal Palace uh, before the World Cup break. And yeah. Sunday morning also brings the ICC Cricket World Cup final oh, yeah. where England will play. We don't actually know who they're going to play yet. Yeah, we do. They're playing Pakistan. Sorry. <laughs> England playing Pakistan. <laughs> After an unbelievable comeback uh, from Pakistan, having had a terrible start to the tournament, uh, England were unbelievable mm. this morning. Uh, they were amazing. Uh, I was unbelievable. I just hope that they haven't peaked too early. It would be so classic England to peak in the semi-final. What I thought what they were going to do is they were going to start really strongly their innings and then do that weird claps thing where they make it really difficult for Ex- themselves. Exactly what but they maybe did that's against. Just gonna, yeah. Maybe that's just going to last over two two ma- or two or innings and then actually they're just going to do really badly in the final. I, I, hope, I hope they play well. They, they deserve to do it. And actually, to do it with injuries as well. You know, Darwin Malan, Reese Topley, those guys all injured. Um, Johnny Bairstow, obviously, with a broken ankle like to, to win the world cup with uh with a you're not your strongest team i mean limited overs cricket is strong yeah yeah with this one we saw reese top as well the other day we did indeed and just to note that billa have just scored against united in the in the carabao they quite like playing against united at the moment <laughs> don't they they do enjoy it yeah uh awesome well it's an exciting weekend an exciting time looking forward to bringing you guys the best tips the best entertainment over the next 50 years <laughs> uh we'll leave it there for for this week it's a goodbye for me tris and it's a goodbye for me charlie goodbye bye <laughs>